Hello, thank you for checking out episode three of my podcast, Talking Nonfiction. I have 10 episodes planned, and in each episode, I'll take 10 minutes or less to tell you about five great nonfiction books. These recommended reads are taken from the 300-some nonfiction works I've read over the past 10 to 12 years and detailed on my writing blog, which can be found at wordswrittendown.com. With these 10 episodes, I'll be quickly talking about my favorite, most highly recommended works of nonfiction, letting you know both what the book is and why it struck me as great. Each of the episodes has a defined theme to it. In episode one, I covered five great memoirs. Episode two, I talked about works on justice. And in this episode, I'll be going over five highly recommended books on tales of ocean adventure. The Outlaw Sea by William Langevisha was a fast and entertaining read with the subtitle A World of Freedom, Chaos, and Crime. The book was published in 2004 and included as its last chapter a feature, or slightly updated version of a feature, Langevisha did for Vanity Fair in 2000 with The Shipbreakers on the largely manual tearing apart of ships in India. Additionally, The Outlaw Sea brought to mind a great 2014 story from Langevisha titled Salvage Beast, on Nick Sloan, a man whose business was to board and attempt to either save or salvage the cargo from ships in distress. One of the stories told in the Outlaw Sea that stood out as particularly interesting was on the 1994 sinking of the Baltic ferry, the Estonia, and how the people who had the best chance of survival just went. They didn't delay, they took control of their fate. The second book to cover is The Wave by Susan Casey. It's split between giant waves and their impact and the people who surf them. This was the second book of Casey's that I've read, with the first The Devil's Teeth, a fascinating account of her time spent on and around the Farallon Islands, 27 miles out of San Francisco and home to a thriving seasonal population of great white sharks. Back to The Wave, I often felt like I was reading two different books joined together, as the chapters would go from one on Laird Hamilton surfing Jaws off Maui to one on the very busy rescue and salvage operators working out of Cape Town, South Africa. The bigger picture content in other parts of the book was fascinating, including things like more and more big waves coming due to climate change and oceans rising, large numbers of ships lost at sea every year, and giant rogue waves that known models wouldn't have predicted the height of, including an 1,800-foot wave at Latuya Bay in Alaska. It was fascinating reading and highly recommended. In the Heart of the Sea by Nathaniel Philbrick is an account of the last voyage of the whaleship Essex and the fight for survival of its crew after being rammed by a huge sperm whale, with this sinking the basis for Herman Melville's novel Moby Dick. Philbrick's story was a historical tale of danger, resiliency, and horrible decisions. He wrote of how the Essex in August 1819 sailed out of Nantucket, was hit by the whale in November 1820, and subsequently sunk in the middle of the Pacific. Twenty men then boarded three small whaling crafts, with the captain of the Essex, George Pollard, wanting to sail to the Marquesas Islands some 1,200 miles away, but convinced by his first and second mate that they should go 4,500 miles away to South America. The first boat, captained by Owen Chase, the first mate, and two additional sailors, was rescued off the coast of South America by the ship Indian. Five days later, 
Captain Pollard's boat was also rescued by the crew of the Dauphin. As a result of these rescues, a ship then went to Dulce Island, where remaining crew members were said to be on, found it uninhabited, and then correctly surmised they may actually be on Henderson Island, some 70 miles away. This left the third boat. Its whereabouts were unknown until five years later when it was found washed ashore off Dulce Island with three skeletons in it. It was an excellent read overall, highly recommended. The fourth book to talk about is Endurance by Alfred Lansing. It's from 1959 and a compelling read on the 28-man Imperial Transantarctic Expedition led by Sir Ernest Shackleton. The goal of the expedition was to cross the Antarctic continent from east to west, and the Endurance set out for the pole from South Georgia Island in December 1914. The ship roughly a month into the expedition was locked in the ice in the Weddell Sea just outside the Antarctic Circle. Eventually the ice began to crush the ship and the men abandoned it in October 1915. The crew took what provisions they could along with three small boats and drifted on the ice until April 1916. The ice pack they were on then began to break apart and the crew was forced onto the three boats and after several perilous days at sea landed on Elephant Island in the northern tip of Antarctica. Shackleton and several of his crew launched from Elephant Island for the 850 mile voyage back to South Georgia Island. The journey was exceedingly dangerous and they then had to make a treacherous crossing over the top of the island with Shackleton and two others walking into Stromness Whaling Station in May 1916. The men there were familiar with the expedition and had presumed all hands to be lost at sea. The journey they took overland on South Georgia was the first recorded to have been done and Lansing notes that there wasn't another crossing until almost 40 years later and this done by expert climbers in proper gear. Shackleton worked to secure a boat to return to Elephant Island to rescue the remaining crew and after several aborted attempts picked them up on August 30th, 1916. The fifth book has the loosest connection to this theme of ocean adventure, but is called Trapped Under the Sea by Neil Swidey. It combines a disaster tale with a fascinating story of engineering feats and organizational dynamics, all of this told through the lives of people who found themselves facing disaster at the end of a nine and a half mile tunnel below the sea in the Boston Harbor. From an organizational dynamics perspective, Swidey recounted the huge number of poor decisions that came as a result of different agencies, contractors, and subcontractors, all seeking to further their own ends, and the result at the expense of the big picture goal of worker safety. Along with this was how the various parties would agree to risky plans, but in an arm's length manner, because to get too involved would have been to invite culpability. Also noted in the book was how things become much worse late in the overdue project when everyone wanted it done. Additionally, the story was about hubris and the person most in charge of worker safety coming up with an untested and dangerous plan and not listening to concerns from others. Swidey notes that a poorly thought out safety measure can be worse than no measure at all since it provides the illusion of safety. It was a compelling read on extreme danger, modern engineering, and institutional failures, and Swidey did a great job covering all this while still having the book focused on and told through the stories of the men at the center of the story. The five books I covered are all great ones on ocean adventure, and if you've not read them, 
I highly recommend any of The Outlaw Sea by William Langavisha, The Wave by Susan Casey, In the Heart of the Sea by Nathaniel Philbrick, Endurance by Alfred Lansing, or Trapped Under the Sea by Neil Swidey. I'm glad you took the time to listen this far. If you liked what you heard, please rate the podcast, leave a review, or subscribe. Next episode, I'll be talking about five great nonfiction books on history.